Welcome to Box Out Banter, where uh, we're changing up our cadence a little bit. So we, I forgot to tweet about this actually, but we're going to go ahead and head, do some, uh, some bi-weekly action because there's not really much NBA news to talk about uh, with given the offseason and, and where everything's at right now. But uh, training camp's coming up soon. But uh, I'm Chris O'Kmore. Join me always, as always, Mr. Jordan Christmas. What's going on, Jordan? Yeah, nothing wrong with a little, uh, you know, change of pace and all that. Um, yeah, a little break. We did a lot of episodes back to back to back, and we did we did two full seasons in the course of like a year. Yeah, so let's this is thirty. How many thirty three episodes in in a year? That's a almost a calendar year actually since we started the podcast. Yeah, we didn't even. We're doing for like six months at this point, or something like that. We we. Oh no, a little over six months. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty crazy. Um, but uh yeah, you know, change it up a little bit. Um yeah, but uh we're probably obviously gonna be ramping it up back soon with training camp coming within the next uh three to four weeks probably. But um yeah, uh cool with the bi weekly thing for now. Um it just gives me more time to uh you know scour the news and all that stuff figure out what's going on in the yeah. nba just give more measured approaches to uh off-season takes and stuff like that yeah because otherwise well if we do if we kept it to weekly my my takes would get pretty wild <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i imagine they would mine probably <laughs> mine probably would would be too but um yeah, what do you got on the what do you got on the docket today? I know you said you so had some that, uh, some stuff to get off your chest. Super probably rich, Lakers, some super, probably some Lakers. No, stuff some super. <laughs> well, I'm talking about you know the King Ray John Rondo coming back. No, I'm joking. The uh, the thing that I was thinking about. So the 30 minute the Rajon th- Rondo podcast. Let's go. Yeah. So again, it's gonna be probably a shorter episode because there's really not much for us to talk about. But I didn't. I I do enjoy talking hoops with you, so it's something that I I look forward to. But anyway, there's a. Uh, oh, the topic thanks, that I did, I, the topic that I did want to hit was the. So there was a topic last week on the Gilbert Arenas podcast where they were talking about it's the anniversary of Kobe's, uh, Kobe's game at the Drew League. Um, the kind of legendary one where he tripped oh, at the, the Drew one, League and he hit the, the one game with winner. The, where Harden and DeRozan and all those guys were there ah, in that. Yeah, yeah, and he hit the game winner. Ten, yeah, so it's the game winner. Uh, he hits the game winner. It's kind of a it's the tenth anniversary of that of that game. And it's like it brought me back to like remember when Kobe went to the Rudker after winning the after like his second or third championship with Shaq they uh he went to the Rudker to go play pickup and something that I always thought about was like how do you feel about NBA players going like it's different when it's in a workout scenario like how do you feel about NBA players going out to play pickup in the offseason? It depends on who the pickups with um if it's like you know an active nba player walking into a 24 hour 24 hour like in the middle of a weekday where you know a bunch of you know normies like us are playing then as a fan of that player on said team i'd probably be a little worried but if it's like you know a pickup game where like we all know the legendary ucla runs that go on i'm sure you've probably yeah like i'm sure you've probably seen a few of them um there's... Yeah, like, you know, though, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's different when it's controlled in a practice and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's a different setting where it's, you know, it's clearly a workout. Yeah. Um, Where, like, it's like Kobe going to the Drew League is not a workout. Kobe going to the Rutgers is not a workout. He's just going to hoop. Yeah. And there's, and there's always going to be levels to this. So, like, um, obviously, there's, like, a certain baseline level of skill that is required for a – superstar nba player to like kind of lower him not lower himself down to that level that's a terrible way to phrase it but you know there has to be a baseline level of competence for an nba superstar to participate in a controlled pickup game because usually they're used to uh playing on the highest level and stuff like that um but even trey even trey young playing in in his hometown league uh this couple weeks ago yeah that that, that clip that went viral right like so yeah, but that dude that was doing talking it. mad shit, and yeah, you know, like, I, and I look, I get, I get, I, I am all for the shit talking, but it's always hilarious when a player like who is clearly worse 
a worse player <laughs> than said NBA star is always talking trash and then he gets lit up. Yeah. By the That's why that's why people that's why people love watching Pat Bev. Yeah. Um <clears throat> talking shit and they're getting lit the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um but you remember that uh you remember the lockout year in 2011 where everybody just went on these basically all the NBA stars just went on this tour of just a, a it was like this roving show of pickup games where like it was first it started with like Kevin Durant at the Rucker and then like LeBron, CP3, D Wade and Bosh and all those guys started like going to different gyms like across the country playing games while the season was supposed to be going on but it was locked out because of the you know the CBA and all that stuff but that was a fun that was a fun time um see just seeing like the YouTube highlights of that and stuff like that uh but you know I I like I generally like it when players you know play pickup and stuff like it always they always make it look easy too like because you know obviously the pressures are different and stuff like that and these players are just automatically making everything it's kind of wild to watch yeah I, again my concern is like is always back to the thing of like the normie players <laughs> they're gonna get hurt man like the they're gonna hurt some. They're gonna they're gonna hurt one of these guys. They're gonna not know how to play. They're gonna trip someone. Like, yeah, this is a thing. Like Kobe going to the Rudker after his third championship. Like again, this is like Kobe best play argument, best player, the second or best second first or second best player in the world at this point. Going to the Rudker with no security would never happen today. Yeah, never. Yeah, and no, it's like that it's would, wild. That, that wouldn't. That would be like. Uh... That would be like Steph. Um, that'd be like Steph showing up to like some random pickup game in uh, in Oakland or San Francisco or something like that with no security. Can you just imagine yeah. that shit? Like, yeah. Um, but no, again, uh, I'm not saying any. I don't think anyone's doing anything malicious or like trying to target or whatever. But like, they're people don't know how to play, man. Like, you're gonna get hurt. Yeah, yeah people don't know. How to, yeah, um, but I do like the controlled pickup games that you know you were mentioning earlier and stuff like that oh yeah i want i find them all the time like they, they uh there's i forget what his name is there's a guy that puts up games on youtube all the time that's one of the guys that runs some of these bigger pickup games in la the Rico um, Hines? I, it's the one that caruso's always at no i don't i don't know i, don't, yeah, run they, the, they, I don't run in the same circles as caruso sadly yeah <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's like Caruso's usually in those. Um, Carmelo's Carmelo's been in those since he's been in LA. Um, but I forget who else. But like, yeah, there's there's a lot of, like DeRozan's in them sometimes. Westbrook's in those. Um, but yeah, yeah, like they a lot of the LA guys are a lot of the LA guys are in in the in these pickup games. And it's like they're fun to watch, man. And sometimes like sometimes the NBA guys go harder in these practices than they go in like actual NBA games. Like you can see the intensity. Where you're like, oh, dude, they're like going at it in a way that they don't in like real games. I think the intensity is different. I don't know if uh, I wouldn't describe I, it as hard, more harder. Is I yeah, wouldn't know more if I describe I think it it's as a, harder in the because they're not they're still not playing defense with the fervor that you would see in a pro game because defense lends to uh, getting hurt. Um, yeah. Well, I've seen, I've I've seen moments of some of these pickup games where like you're like, dude, this guy's they're like going at it. Oh yeah, there's definitely <laughs> like they're mad. They're going there, at it. There's definitely possession by possession like moments and stuff like that. But uh, I I was just more talking about overall. It just doesn't. Oh yeah. No, overall, no, no, no. like over the course of a game, it's like th- these guys know that you know this isn't the real thing. You know. Yeah. Hundred percent with you. But uh, that Kobe that that Kobe Drew League one is one of my uh, favorite YouTube videos because that's kind of like you know at this point he's already an icon in LA and him showing up at one of the more the one of the more notable and well known leagues and um, you know showing up and you know putting on a show with other NBA players especially because I think he hit that post fadeaway game winner over Harden too. And Harden was yeah. just, Harden was an up and coming. I think Harden was still with the Thunder when that video came out. And uh, no, I think 
I think he was. I think that was like one of his earlier seasons with the Rockets. Was, was that like his was first that, like breakout season? Was that early season? season? Was that because he had the, he had the beard? It wasn't like a big beard, but he had the beard. Yeah. Well, Harden kind of had the beard in OKC too. Um, but oh, that's right. At the very end. Yeah, it has to. Beard. It had to be one of the. It had to be either the last year of OKC or one of those two early Houston years because that was like. I think that was like in 2012 or something like it was literally right around that lockout season because that was like the yeah uh, well, the well pick up yesterday game, the pickup games or, were like, like earlier this week game. was a 10 earlier this week was a 10th the 10th anniversary so it was in 2011 oh yeah you did say that earlier didn't you <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so that so then that's right ar- that is literally that hat because that was like that was the trend was everybody was doing every NBA player was doing pickup games while the season was going on um, or was supposed to be going on or the off season heading into the uh, lockout. And so, um, yeah, that was, that, that was a pretty legendary moment. That would be pretty cool to be mobbed by a crowd like that, but I'd also be my claustrophobia just acts up. I would, act like I would at a music festival, just, you know, start a mosh pit or something. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, again, these are like terrifying situations to be in as like a professional athlete when your body is so important to you. Mm. So like, I'm always curious how people feel about it when it's like, there you know, Kobe, oh. Kobe probably didn't give a fuck. Like, Oh yeah. Kobe was again, scared. I think it depends on the personality too. And like, again, I have nothing against it. It's just very risky and like, very dangerous. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe has the exact type of personality where a, he could show up to any part had he had the personality to show up at any park and um you know show up as a superstar with no fear just say hey, what up i'm here to play let's hoop oh dude i was laughing so hard there was a <laughs> you like this he uh i was watching the video of it because they have the full video online and kobe's telling harden because harden's talking mad shit and kobe's you know they're talking shit back and forth and kobe I don't know what he was answering Harden with, but he says, it's a short list. Wilt, MJ, me. It's a short list. <laughs> <laughs> that That's pretty, that's pretty funny. Um, I have to, I have to find that video. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. That was the 10th anniversary of that pickup game. It's, it seems like not, it seems like so like, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago. And like, I thought about the other day of like, Man, Kobe's been retired for five years. Well, and it doesn't I mean, seem like that. I had, at all. To, I had to catch myself earlier just now because I said it has the because I mean I still can't process the fact that he's not here anymore. Yeah, and like I said, like earlier, I said he had he has the personality, and I was like, oh crap, like he's yeah, like you know, but um, yeah, still legend, legend, one of the best, and just it's still it's still honestly i still feel like i we haven't had time to process it because of everything that's been all the crazy shit that's been going on yeah totally with you but yeah well that's kind of like where i want to talk about where i wanted to start because like i love street basketball and i love like basketball is the one sport where people just show up like no one's showing up to a baseball field going to play baseball right no one's showing up to a football field going like trying to be a pickup right yeah there's like no you, street you football going on anymore yeah like you can basketball is the one sport where you're like and even soccer to a certain extent you're not like showing up to a soccer field being like looking for a game if you could show up i could show up to any park in the u.s pretty much and if I set that, even if there's no one there, I could sit there for like a half hour and eventually someone's going to come up and be like, do you want to play one-on-one or do you want to play with us? I don't or know, Bakersfield, there was some pretty uh, gnarly pickup soccer games going on around the parks. Like, it, oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like more so our, I mean, I, I think you're 29, I'm going to be 30. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like our generation growing up, that was like the last gasp era of kids playing different outdoor sports because basketball is always as long as you got a hoop out there and a ball and some players you can throw a game together it doesn't matter of any whatever size it is one-on-one two-on-two whatever but like you need a certain number of people to get a viable baseball game going or you know a football game going and all that stuff and it just feels like i haven't seen that since like you know our time you know get the round up the kids in the cul-de-sac and we all would play um 
Oh yeah, dude. Every dude, you you probably remember you probably remember this too. Of like, you would either get a call, or like someone just knock on your door and be like, yeah. "Yo, we're gonna go play." Yeah, and yeah. you're like, "All right," and you just show up. That was then, the that was the last. I feel like that was uh, like if you were like born after ninety three or ninety four, like that probably stopped quickly because you most likely grew up like at the start of the internet era or like at the start of when the internet era started really to take off towards what it is now or um you know right before the phone era too and uh yeah and um, like even even when we had cell phones i was getting text messages like yo we're gonna hoop yeah um i didn't get a cell phone till my sophomore year of high school and get my first phone was a was a razor (laughs) oh i had a i had a crazer which is the the tiny version of the razor? Oh, blue. Oh, I see. I see. It's like the slim one. Yeah, and you had to hit the same number multiple times to uh, select the letter, then press it and confirm the letter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I would always like do the. Uh, I felt like I was, you know, initiated into having into the cell phone club because I would, you know, pull the phone out of my pocket and check it during class and shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck's gonna call me? Class. Yeah, I know who's gonna text or call. <laughs> 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 who's gonna text or call me at fucking eleven a.m. while I'm in third period <laughs> the English or whatever? Right. <laughs> but yeah, like I remember that. I remember that era so well of just like. Uh, either you get a call or you're gonna or like hey you just show up to a park and you're like i'm gonna shoot around for a bit and yeah like someone's gonna come eventually someone's gonna come up to you and be like hey do you guys we have we have three do you want to come play two on two yeah and you're like yeah sure i'll come hang out whatever and then you know eventually you'll figure out that like your teammates garbage and they stack the team <laughs> against you and you're like well shit i'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> yep um yeah damn those are, that was also like that would that would be how i would check uh 76er scores whenever the sixers weren't on national television um eventually like my dad got sick of asking me when was alan iverson and the sixers gonna be on tv and he would be like just go check the newspaper in the driveway so i would check i would there would be a fresh edition of the bakersfield Californian every day every morning in my driveway and i would uh you know get the newspaper and take out the sports section and then my dad would get mad at me and my brother because uh i would take out the sports section and my brother would take out the comic section and we wouldn't put the shit back together like we found (laughs) (laughs) and he'd just be like really again (laughs) i'd be checking the standings i'd be checking the score to see if the sixers play to see you know how many points Allen Iverson scored as you know obviously before um we all discovered the internet and illegal streaming and all that stuff yeah and you know um then he got traded in 07 which was one of those I remember where I was um it was like it was December I believe and I was like sitting in a hotel room because I my family was visiting at the time and so we were in their hotel room uh they were visiting and um <clears throat> I saw in Sports Center that Iverson got traded, and I just sat there like in shock for like yeah. you know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. God, I will say, I it was will like say, December of 07. As, as as weird as those teams were, those Denver teams were fun to watch. <laughs> those Denver teams were fun to watch, and I rooted hard for those Nuggets teams, obviously, because uh, yeah, it was it was literally it, you, it was literally AI and Mellow, your turn, my turn. <laughs> And J.R. Smith would do his crazy shit, like, his, uh, would do his crazy, like, hot streak shit. J.R. Smith was actually, he was a Yo, high octane. He underrated. Was, he, he was a, you know, he was a good bench player. Like, I know, like, he's done, like, five things in his career that have sent him to the meme portal, and we make the same jokes over and over again about him. Um, but he was actually, like, a good player. Like, he was an athletic, he was a freak athlete. Oh yeah, um, he could shoot. He could shoot, and then he, whenever he was like on fire, he was one of the more microwave score heat check, better heat check yeah. guys in the league. And the thing, the thing too that I will say, I will give Jr. a ton of credit for when he was with the Knicks, when he wanted to, he could lock in. He was good with the like that. Tell that that twenty twelve twenty thirteen 
Knicks team was really good. Like, it was a really good team. It was a 54-win team, but that team seemed to fit together a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, they they had Tyson Chandler, Mari Stoudemire, Carmelo Anthony was still a top five, top seven player. Like, they had, they had stuff going for them. And then, obviously, it all fell apart very, very quickly. Seemed like the Indian, that Roy Hibbert block... Um, sent them into just sent into them the into shadow Perth. realm yeah just sent the knicks <laughs> no they sent the knicks back to the shadow realm the knicks got out of it for a year and then roy hibbert was like nope go back down <laughs> uh, broke your puzzle yeah. <laughs> broke your millennium puzzle yeah broke the millennium puzzle and you know all that and uh but that knicks team was that knicks team was fun but yeah i rooted hard for those uh ai denver nuggets teams but um now there's a well, we'll see. But on Nikola Jokic looks to be on the trajectory of be, being the uh, well. I, he, he's already the best number fifteen in Nuggets franchise history. I think. I think that's safe to say. Especially if not, he's on the trajectory already to, you know, pass Melo as the best Nugget ever. He already has an MVP. I think, put up historic numbers and all that. I, I think we talked about this before. I, I was never a big Carmelo guy. I always thought that he had a huge waste of talent. See, like, I, 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 I disagree with that. I will, I, def- to me, I will defend Melo to this no, day. I, I, don't mean, I don't mean this as an insult. And, and I know it sounds like one. To me, it was always a thing of like, man, he could, if, he could do, if he just did this or played more off ball, like I felt like him as an isolation scorer, he was better off ball and like cutting and posting up and like doing the spot up shooting than like creating on his own. I always thought that like his his the best form of Melo was playing with another with a better primary creator that can get him open for shots. And like that's what I saw with, with Team USA and the the way he played with Team USA, where he's feeding off of these great playmakers. Like he again, he never had the opportunity to, but I felt I felt like there was so much more to his game to be unlocked. That was just never realized because a he didn't either a he didn't want to or b he didn't play with the talent that he should have been playing with. Like I felt like the best Carmelo that we saw in the NBA outside of Team USA stuff was with Chauncey Billups. Yeah the uh, the 2009 Denver Nuggets team was really good because they finally had a point guard that could kind of set the table in it, and that was yeah. always going to be the problem with an AI Melo duo is that they. They just score, and uh, yeah. while AI is a good passer, he doesn't necessarily set the table. He's not looking for him. Like He's not looking Bill- for Melo. Yeah, like Billups does, and also Billups was a better defender than yeah. Iverson at that. But again, point like I don't. Stuff. Again, when I say like waste of potential or waste of talent, I don't. I don't mean that in like Melo's to like disgrace Melo. To me, it's oh, it, to me it's the thing of like there was so much more to his game that I felt like wasn't unlocked, and like it is a lost potential. That we didn't get to see. I think some of it was. Up. I think some of it was. I well, then that's on the organizations for not, yeah. you know, building around him. I wouldn't say he was the waste. No, no, no. I think I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting wasted. it. On, I'm not putting it. I'm not putting it on him. I'm just saying, like, when you look back at his game and his like his career, to me, there's a wasted potential there that could have been more. I would like, just I say feel, the organization. I feel the same way about AI. I I would say the organizations wasted that talent as opposed to the players that's themselves that's fair because that's the exact same thing with Allen Iverson because uh yeah I feel the same way about AI you know because uh, I will I will always uh, uh, and I'm I'm glad I don't debate with many you know Gen Zers or generations before me but it's like you really had to be there to understand how good Allen Iverson was and understand the constraints that he was put under like being Larry Brown pigeonholing him to the two guard spot while Eric Snow was the point guard and making Eric Snow the point guard while having no other scoring options and basically just a bunch of all defense first guys it was terrible and Iverson never got to play point guard pretty much even though he would have the ball a lot he would always start off off ball which was crazy um he wouldn't he didn't have like that secondary guy that he could trust um Stephen A. Smith ruined what would have been a more enjoyable experience childhood-wise watching the Sixers because he had there was a story where he had the scoop that the Sixers were going to trade for T-Mac in 1999, 
and Stephen A. caught wind of it because he was a reporter. He was a reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer at the time. And Stephen A. Smith caught wind of it, reported it, and then the Raptors got cold feet and reneged the offer. And so I could have been possibly watching a duo of Allen Iverson and T-Mac grow together. But, you know, instead, I got to watch Allen Iverson try to drag. Dude, I feel so bad for T-Mac, man. T-Mac's career, he first he could have played with Shaq and Kobe. Then, then, he, then he could have had... Then he almost went to he he could have he could have went to to play with AI. Then he goes to the, to the match to play with Grant Hill, and Grant Hill gets hurt. Then he almost could have played with uh, Tim Duncan, and Tim that Duncan didn't happen. And Grant Hill, yeah. And you're just like, what? I feel so bad, dude. But the story is, uh, they wouldn't allow Tim Duncan to to have his family bring on the plane, his family on the plane, and to the dinner and stuff when they were recruiting him. And it's when I hear that I'm like, dog. Like, if I was the owner, <laughs> if I was the owner of that team, and I heard that's why we couldn't close the deal on, I would fire everybody that was involved in the recruiting process. You would let you let Tim Duncan bring. I don't care how many family members. Like, if you want, wasn't 20, it Doc? Wasn't that Doc? I I don't. I, so Doc was the. Head, I don't know if Doc had anything to do with it. Well, on on open court. T-Mac literally, after he tells the story, he says, come on, Doc. Because Doc cause Doc, uh, cause the... Doc, also, he has his own version of this story that he's told before. And he said, like, if that was the reason or whatever, he would have, like, convinced management to do it or something like that. So I don't know. But the point is. Someone fucked up. Someone fucked up. And I would have just fired everybody <laughs> and not have bothered to find out. Just like, all right, nope. <laughs> Clearing out everybody. Um but yeah, no, I will. That I those are the two people I will defend. The two most misunderstood. Now, I think Melo's exodus from the league for the last what was it two years before signing with Portland. I think some of it was warranted and some of it was on himself. Some of it was warranted, some of it was not, and I also think some of it was brought on himself. But those two players, I will defend AI and Melo because um, if AI had look at the Sixers' history of not building around superstars properly after their last championship in, what was it 1983 charles barkley wanted out even though he was surrounded by a bunch of talent um aging talent but still we weren't good and charles barkley gets traded alan iverson fucking one finals appearance and that's it and can't can't build anything else around him and then outside of uh you know, Sam Hinkie and Daryl Morey, all the other Sixers, former brain trust, former front office members, once again, pissing away draft assets, can't build properly around Embiid and Simmons. And we ended up with an Al Horford, Josh Richardson, <laughs> Tobias Harris lineup. Yikes. Like, the Sixers have a history of just being incompetent when it comes to build. Once they get a star, they don't know how to build around it. It's really, uh, it's really quite... It's really quite the conundrum, <laughs> but I will defend AI always to the grave. My favorite player ever. No, and I think I think that a lot of people feel that way. And like again, I I don't. I think AI gets lost in a lot of the like greatest player talk, and I don't think he's the greatest player of all time. Like you know, pound I, for pound, I think he was up there. Like oh yeah, he was a, he was one of the goats. Like my, obviously, my he's argument not, yeah. My argument always goes to again. It's not so much on the player, like you said. It's not so much on the player. To me, with Carmelo and AI, it's a thing of like they had so much more that was just never unlocked. Yeah, I would. And agree I feel like I, I would. I feel like that. I feel like they left a lot on, not left a lot on the table, like in terms of effort or or you know whatever. But I feel like there's so much more to like. If you put them in the ideal situation, their career turns out so much differently. I remember when I was. I would always track iverson's career points per game especially after you know he got traded from denver that's where really his decline started because like mm -hmm. if, you, if you looked at Allen iverson's career points per game before he got traded away from denver like he was only second or third to what he was second to michael jordan in a career points per game in nba history like he was a four-time scoring shot like ai is un was undoubtedly a first ballot hall of famer like the minute he retired yeah. but it's crazy to say that there was more 
that could have been unlocked. Like people will always bring, oh, his efficiency, his efficiency. He was shooting league average in terms of true shooting percentage wise for what the era was at that time. And also look at the era of basketball that was played in during that time. Like everybody was playing in a phone booth. There was like two bigs on the floor that could barely stretch out to 15 feet sometimes. Like not enough spacing players driving into three or four people and AI still averaged like 34. Like if you gave AI the open floor that if you give, if you put prime Allen Iverson, one of the, by the way, doesn't get enough talk for one of the best athletes of all time. Like, period. like he, like he says he could have been a better football player than basketball player. And I believe it because he was not only probably the fastest point guard in NBA history outside of Russell Westbrook and prime Derrick Rose. He was also like, Oh no, dude, prime John Wall. I put prime John Wall up there too. Oh yeah. Prime John Wall too. You're right about that. Although I'd probably put John Wall like a tick below those two, but John Wall is up there with those guys. But also AI was one of the freakiest leapers ever. Like if you give that dude an open floor, with the NBA spacing that there is today and how they run spread pick and roll and stuff like that, AI would have tore th- would be tearing this league up. Kind of like Gilbert Arenas too, by the way. Like Gilbert Arenas was kind of like an early prototype of like the off the dribble, shoot the three off the dribble kind of guard that we see today. And um, Gilbert Arenas definitely would have been averaging like 30, 32 with the with you know his assist and all that stuff like yeah you've been insane it's, it's all about context and so whenever i hear people discredit ai that's like one of my that's like you know it's like one of my basketball everybody has them it's one of my basketball triggering points i'm just like all oh, right yeah. time to time to uh man the stations <laughs> i get that way with the uh kobe ball hog talk yeah well well there is a little Kobe will admit sometimes that there were times where he had but, to do that. Yeah, but I mean, my thing isn't like it's not because it's not the idea of like he's he's a ball because he doesn't have help or because there's he doesn't trust his teammates or whatever. Like it's not it's not a ball hog thing of like he's trying to play hero ball. It's a thing of he feels like he has to because he's playing with fucking Smush Parker and Kwame Brown. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the same thing with AI too. I remember yeah. kids in elementary school. My dad too, but my dad was just talking shit because he was a Lake. He's a Laker fan. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember like kids in elementary school would be like, "Oh, Allen Iverson, no, he hogs the ball too much." And I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> well, who's like, gonna pass? Eric Snow. And like, obviously, I wasn't like intellectually prepared as like a fourth or fifth grader to argue intellectually about AI. But my mindset was, "Well, shit, if." If I was as good as him as at scoring the ball, I'd fucking hog the ball too. <laughs> like, especially when I'm passing it to Matt Geiger and Eric and Snow, Eric Snow <laughs> and Aaron Eric McKee. Fucking Eric Snow's a, a one-time All Star. I think. I think he's an All Star. I think he's an all-time, one-time All Star. All right, I'm looking. I'm looking this up. I think so. There is no way. He made one All Defensive Team. Okay, there. That's what it was. There it is. There, he, <laughs> now, I know he did you something. See, you you saw the one accomplishment, and you're like, "Huh, that's nice," and then just moved on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because I remember looking at you're like, like he did something. <laughs> well, he's also on the two worst final teams in NBA history. Yeah, he's on both. <laughs> like, oh, I can't, that's, that's I can't. the that's the uh, that's the the combining factor of the LeBron Cav team and the AI Sixer team is Eric Snow. <laughs> that's the common denominator. It is. If you want to make the finals with a bad team, you just ha- you just need Eric Snow. You just need Eric Snow on your team, man. And he did he did make that all defensive team with us. So I I mean I guess sure, but you know what I mean. Like it's just amazing how like how many how often you look through NBA history and you just see teams fucking up building around a tier one guy. You know. Yeah. But yeah, no. Shout out to AI. I will defend him. Always. Yep. All right. Uh, any, you got anything else? Um. So I don't know if you saw this story on uh that dropped today, but uh, apparently ESPN got bamboozled, hoodwinked with the football. 
led astray. Yeah, with yes. the with the um, I'm trying to get I'm gonna get the school right here. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Bishop Sycamore. Uh, <laughs> so for those of you who are listening. Uh, this is great, by the way. For those of this. you who are listening, over the weekend, ESPN broadcasted a couple of high school games. Um, I believe it's one or two, but either way, one of these, the game, one of the teams in the game is allegedly was this high school named Bishop Sycamore. And, you know, there was like some information, like last season they finished 0 6 or whatever. But they apparently they full they basically told ESPN like, hey, we have a bunch of D one athletes. We want to play this uh, really good high school team, and so um, they decided to play uh, Florida's IGM I IMG Academy, which is a uh, you know obviously in Florida, football's big there, and so Bishop Sycamore plays Florida Florida's IMG Academy. And they are just getting their asses handed to them. It's like 38 to 0 at this point. And broadcasters that were, you know, the broadcasters that were doing the play-by-play for this game on air were basically like, you know, we were aver- we were told that these had these were D1 athletes and that they wanted to play. But at this point, somebody's going to get hurt. They're clearly outmatched. Um, we didn't do – they basically admitted they didn't do much background research into this. And so apparently this high school came out as fake. A lot of the players on this team are JUCO dropouts, junior college dropouts, um, nowhere near the high school age, obviously. And the coach, the head coach has an active arrest warrant out in his name. And they basically fooled ESPN into uh, broadcasting a game on national television and this team, this fake high school team, got waxed on national television. And and it was, I don't know if you've seen the highlights. It does look incredibly dangerous. It, yeah. Oh well, I would say for yeah for both sides, obviously, because one, the obviously as grown men playing with literal kids, but also the better high school team is also fucking up the team that has you know come to find out a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of adults and that could also be dangerous for the adults too but it's still especially dangerous because a bunch of adults faked you know wanting to play in a game against you know a bunch of high school bunch of high school kids by the way the uh, final score ended up being 58 to (laughs) 0 like they just they just, they just got waxed. waxed. It was it, the game happened on uh, Sunday, but even the ESPN commentators, play-by-play guys, they tweeted about it after. They were talking about it on air during the game. Like for a entity like ESPN to get hoodwinked like that, like dog, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, like bad. that story's it's wild. Bad. That that story's wild as hell. And so, and it's so appara- every appara- time, every time they show, every time they show high school games on ESPN, I think about the uh, the story that um, Dick Vitale tells. Have you heard the story about LeBron? Uh, I might have, but go ahead. So Dick, so Dick Vitale, they asked Dick Vitale to call one of LeBron's. Uh, I think it's a championship game in high school, and so. Dick Vitale was like, I don't want to do it. Like, let the kid, you know, why are we, why are we broadcasting high school games? Like, what, you know, you don't need someone like me on a high school game. Like, this is, you know, it's too much attention. You just let the kids play or whatever. And like, you know, how good can he really be? And he said that after the game, that he, he, during the game and after the game, he realized like, oh no, this is, this kid's special. And like, I need to be commentating this game. And like, I'm so happy that I saw this live. <laughs> and, he was, and he was like, he he was like a, he was like a full believer after he saw LeBron in person and like commentated that game and he's like he's so glad he did it. That's like and so that, like you know, that that's like the equivalent of like when your friends hit you up for a night out on the town or something and you're you're just not up for it. You're just like man, I don't want to go. I'd rather just sit on the couch, chill out. Really don't want to go out right now. But then for some reason, you know, 
something's telling you to go hang out with the boys and then you know you go out that night and it ends up being a it ends up being a memorable one (laughs) (laughs) it ends up being a slobber knocker and you're like oh you're like oh man this this night was this night was dope like i got to see some (laughs) cool shit like dick vital was like i didn't want to go to no ranky dank high school game and then he saw the messiah (laughs) when he he went there (laughs) he saw the second coming he He saw the second coming he's like oh shit this guy is the chosen one the magazine were right <laughs> like and i thank you espn for sending me there <laughs> I, and dude shout, shout out to lebron i feel like we don't talk about it enough and i feel like it, this kind of got lost of like lebron was crowned from the age of 17 and he has as an athlete no i think we talked very, about it enough <laughs> there's very few there's very few athletes that like live not not in this context but like there's very few athletes that like live up to the hype that they're given and like LeBron has it almost every turn. <laughs> so I agree with what you just said, but I do think it's talked about enough because I have heard you. I have heard how you preface how you started off with that with that uh with that uh soliloquy is how I've heard a bunch of LeBron stands start off with that. So people don't realize LeBron <laughs> lived up to the hype. The it was tough for LeBron to live up to the hype, and he did it since he was seventeen. Like I've heard. <laughs> I've heard okay, I've fair, heard all of that. The only ones that I can think about that have like done this same thing were probably uh Tiger Woods. And the and, and the, the Williams sisters. And the Williams sisters and maybe Gretzky. Of like just like they were crowned at such a young age. Yep. And we're just like Yeah, they they're you're right. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much uh I'm trying to think like if there was an equivalent in baseball for that too um by the way it's uh, i want to i i do i know it's a basketball podcast but i feel like i'm gonna bring his name up a lot during in the future but it is wild that baseball is so terrible at promoting its stars that they clearly have the best thing going on in sports right now in shohei otani and nobody like Everybody keeps saying like nobody talks about Otani, but it's really true. Like nobody is talking. Sh- this should this if I if this was like 2009 or 2010, this would be weeding every national sports show, every national radio show. Like, yeah, we'd have Otani watch. It'd be it the- it's, instead of heat. Yeah, instead of heat watch or heat index, it'd be Otani index. Like, yeah, I mean the thing. So it goes it, to it's, it's it's like three factors, right? One, he plays for the Angels, not the Dodgers. Yep. Okay, first one. Second one, MLB is terrible at promoting anything social media related. Because oh, so I did a, I did a breakdown. I don't know if I told you this. I did a I did a social media like deep dive breakdown. Of you did tell the, me this. Yes. Of of the ML of MLB versus the NBA in terms of the, their usage of social media, and it's absolutely insane. So think so think about it this way. You just just YouTube, right? When a game ends in the NBA, the YouTube highlights go out within the half hour. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a YouTube video of highlights on the official channel of the game that just happened within a half hour, usually within 15 minutes. The MLB, they don't go out until at earliest five hours after the game or most likely the next morning. Yeah. At it's- that point... The NFL kind of used to be like that, but not yeah, anymore. Yeah, the NFL's gotten a ton better. Yeah, they have. Um, the thing that I thought was going to change everything was, I don't know if you've used this before, but they have the MLB vault with the social media uh, integration, which is fucking awesome, and it's incredible. And I feel like it's a resource they don't push enough. So basically what it is, it's an index. It's a searchable index of baseball highlights. And it's updated every night with whatever highlights were that night. And it has, and it's a database, so you can search Mookie Betts, and it'll pull up hundreds of Mookie Betts highlights from the last, like however long since they started this index, and some historic clips too. Like you can pull up like Ichiro or like Roberto Clemente or whatever else, right? You can pull up all these highlights, and oh, then you can. It, so then you can. It it's as easy as dragging and dropping these clips into a timeline that's in your browser, and it makes these highlight reels that you could just one click post to twitter that wow well 
it's available. You can go on it right now and play around with it. I did for a couple, like a couple weeks. The it's MLB really is fun to in, use. The MLB's indifference towards a lot of shit is just very apparent. But they well, yet, yeah. they want to keep the uh, they want to keep well, the I white mean, American traditionalist bullshit. Like, oh, don't uh, mean, don't stare at a home run while uh, yeah, well, and all that BS. But well, yeah, I mean they can't ignore that for long with Tatis and you know Juan Soto. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're breaking. Alonso. I'm glad. Uh, the players like that are breaking the mold, though. Like, yeah, hell yeah. And now the MLB starting to embrace it with their what was it earlier in the season? They did those uh, let the kids play commercials, and I haven't seen yeah, that's I haven't great seen that fucking shit since like since like five months ago. They stopped running those commercials. <laughs> those are great commercials. Oh my god! But like the thing that hurts the MLB too, and again, it comes down to the Angels are fucking terrible. You have two generational talents. You have two of the greatest players of this era. Ever. on your team and you can't make the playoffs yeah and that goes back to another problem baseball has too it's um it's an individualistic sport at heart more than the other more than the other team sports yeah because like, you're playing one-on-one yeah because you're basically playing one-on-one yeah there's defensive shifts and stuff and your defense does have to be on a string in terms of with what you want to do but it's not like it's not like you it's not it's not like you the string on defense is not on is not as important i feel as you have to be on a string in basketball or in yeah, football where you have to communicate your one-on-one to, matchups and the thing is like you, your players are only doing so much your manager is actually doing more work in terms of matchups and figuring out lineup situations and like you know, pitching situations and trying to line up and trying to get the ideal fit. Like your your manager is playing more chess than your players are. And at the end of the day, like if you don't have great pitching, like all of that goes to shit anyway. Like yeah, it really like you have to have you have to have your ace. You have to have a, your ace starters, and you know you have to have good enough bats. And that's like this rooted. That's rooted in individualism because the you're up there at bat by yourself. And then uh, you're up there at the mound by yourself. And also, like, in football, like, there's three levels of communication. You have to communicate to the D-line. You have to communicate to the linebackers and the safeties who are playing up for, who are playing in the box or communicate to the back end, like, to, the, to yeah. the other safeties in the corners. Like, there's so much more strings involved with football to pull the boat forward as opposed to baseball where – you know, a lot of stuff's pretty routine, and that makes the aesthetic of the game boring also. But the game could be – but even that shouldn't matter as much if the MLB was – because, like, when I was a kid, I was into baseball. Like, Tony Gwynn was my favorite player when I was growing up because I was born in San Diego. I lived there until I was about – Oh, okay. I lived there till I was about seven – I lived in La Mesa until I was about seven or eight years old before I moved to Bakersfield. Um, but Tony Gwynn was my favorite player, and that's why I'm a Padres fan. And um, but uh, like, I was really I I would check Sports Center to watch you know Bond to see if Bonds you know hit a hit a bomb to see who was winning the home run race because it was Bonds, Sosa, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. Um, there was there was Ken Griffey had Ken Griffey Jr. Even though that was more on the tail end, um, Ichiro of course like. The MLB just knew how to. Well, I, I guess the MLB just didn't keep up with the times. But um, yeah, that's like, what, that's really what think about. Down. If there is an Otani, if there is an Otani or a Trout, if there is an Otani and Trout level player on the same team in basketball, that team would be going to the fucking finals every single year. Yeah, <laughs> like if you if you if, this we, is, it's, if we it's could like, somehow it's, transfer, it's like they have. Like Jordan and LeBron and their primes playing the same time together. Yeah, and, and it's like, what? What are you doing with them? And it's yeah, and it's like, but because baseball is rooted in individualism, like mostly, um, they are not. <laughs> the Angels are nowhere near near the playoffs, and also that's just that's bad management too, because they haven't had good pitching and any of that. <laughs> like they haven't had any of that stuff. Um, and the thing is, like, it's not like they're not unwilling to spend. They spent like a hundred dollars on like Rincon or whatever. Yeah, like or, they, uh, Rindon. They, like, they spent. Yeah, Rindon. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. so they spent so much fucking money, and like nothing happened. Except for pitching. 
which, you know, apparently the Padres allegedly addressed the pitching in the offseason, then it all went to shit, and now we're free-falling out of the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) I mean, to be be entirely fair, it's not – the Dodgers and Giants are just on another level right now. They're going back and forth trying to, like – Wow, what is division? I was texting my friend who's a huge baseball guy, um, is an aspiring baseball play-by-play broadcaster, and I texted him, and I was like, wow, like three weeks ago – I was excited about heading to the playoffs and getting Max Scherzer. And then after that, it all went to shit. And then he was like, <laughs> he was like well, that's baseball sometimes. August is the har- hardest month to win in the season. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's fair. But fuck, this, se- this Padres season went from awesome to fucking shit in like four, <laughs> like four weeks flat. It was fast, too. It was like oh, we're on this road trip, we're facing the Marlins, the Rockies, and the and the Arizona Diamondbacks, three of the worst teams in the league, and we've lost 13, or we've lost 12 out of our, 13 out of our last 15 games. Not great. Jeez, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going to gain some ground in this division, and we just kept losing and losing. We got no-hitted by a uh, Diamondbacks rookie pitcher. <laughs> like, we're, <laughs> we're down bad, man. But uh, enough baseball talk. That now... That's that's how you know the podcast should end is when we're bitching about Rob Manfred and his incompetence and my this is true. stupid baseball team. Oh, I felt so bad, dude, because you were so excited about Scherzer, and then I was like, "Yo, we got we got him and Trey Turner. Let's go!" Yeah, and that same friend that I texted, he 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 texted me first when the Scherzer news first broke, and I I thought the Padres were getting Scherzer, and he's a huge Dodger fan, and that yeah, uh, as he should be. Okay. <laughs> and then he was basically like oh you guys think you could just get everything now don't you and then like an hour later the dodgers get serger and i was like yeah fuck you (laughs) i like texted back i was like yeah go fuck yourself (laughs) it's so good but anyway that we should probably just end it here because now now we're in the boring part of the podcast. We're <laughs> now we're now we're going off. Now we're going off about baseball. And they, every, people have <laughs> people have turned off the car and are leaving. <laughs> leaving the station. All right, guys. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for. We'll be back in two weeks, uh, and then yeah. hopefully more NBA stuff will happen. Hopefully someone gets traded because uh, there's a lot of rumors out there. Hopefully more people get bought out and more people get traded. But uh, We'll talk about some rumors and stuff, but uh might be time to uh, – with training camp rolling around, uh, by the time two weeks come back, we might have to uh, – maybe – Our we'll very see. early, we'll too see. early. We might have to start – Our two early power rankings? We might have to do an early two early power rankings or something. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll figure something yeah. out. Yeah. Depends on when training camp starts. Well, all right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. You can watch on YouTube, and uh, we'll see you guys later. The B.O.B.